ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with al irshad ila sahih al i'tiqad of al-Shaykh al-Fawzan hafizahullahu ta'ala we now move on to this second section wujub ma'rifat al-aqidah al-islamiyah the obligation of knowing the islamic aqidah the obligation of knowing the Islamic Aqeedah, of understanding the Islamic Aqeedah, of learning the Islamic Aqeedah. He says, Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, اعلموا وفقني الله وإياكم أنه يجب على كل مسلم أن يتعلم العقيدة الإسلامية. Know, may Allah have or give us success that it is obligatory upon every Muslim to learn the Islamic Aqeedah لِيَعْرِفَ مَعْنَاهَا وَمَا تَقُومُ عَلَيْهِ so that he understands its meaning and what it is built upon ثُمَّ يَعْرِفُ مَا يُضَادُّهَا وَيَبْطِلُهَا أَوْ يَنْقُصُهَا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ الْأَكْبَرِ وَالْأَصْغَرِ And then also that you understand and learn what opposes the correct aqeedah, what nullifies the correct aqeedah, invalidates it, and what may cause deficiency into the correct aqeedah in terms of the major shirk and the minor shirk. قال الله تعالى الله سبحانه وتعالى said فاعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله واستغفر لذنبك have knowledge know that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah and then seek forgiveness for your sin meaning here in this ayah Allah is commanding us to gain knowledge of the correct aqeedah, to gain knowledge of whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, to gain knowledge of who our Lord is, to gain knowledge of tawheed, that there is none deserving of worship in truth except Allah. And then after that, upon that knowledge, to do our actions. And that is why Imam al-Bukhari put this ayah تحت الباب under the chapter. بوّبا He said باب العلم قبل القول والعمل The chapter regarding how knowledge precedes how knowledge precedes statements and actions. 
And this ayah is an evidence for that. قال الحافظ ابن حجر قال ابن المنير أراد به أن العلم شرط في صحة القول والعمل فلا يعتبران إلا به فهو متقدم عليهما لأنه مصحح للنية المصححة للعمل الحافظ ابن حجر منشن ذات ابن المنير said that Imam al-Bukhari what he intends by this statement that knowledge comes before statements and actions is that knowledge is a condition upon the validity and correctness of statements and actions. Meaning your statements and your actions will only be legitimate, will only be good and correct and valid if they are built upon knowledge. Otherwise, your statements and your actions are built upon jahl, ignorance, and then they are not going to be valid and correct. وَمِنْ هُنَا اتَّجَهَتْ هِمَمُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِلَى تَعَلُّمِ أَحْكَامِ الْعَقِيدَ وَتَعْلِيمِهَا And because of this then, because knowledge is a condition for the correctness of your statements and actions, and because your statements and actions will not be considered and given validity without that knowledge, so knowledge comes before them, and because that knowledge, it, rectifies your intention to and corrects your intention to which then brings about the correct and the good actions due to all of that the scholars then began to give an importance to learning the principles of this aqeedah the, the rulings of this aqeedah and teaching it and learning it and teaching it. And they considered it from the most important and priorities of knowledge to learn about this aqeedah as sahiha and they authored they wrote specific independent books on this chapter of aqeedah on this topic of aqeedah and they clarified and detailed the various aspects of aqeedah and what is obligatory regarding each aspect and they clarified all of the things that would nullify this aqeedah, nullify it from the shirk, the various types of shirk and misguidances and innovations. This is the meaning of la ilaha illallah. To know that knowledge properly. It is not just a statement you say upon the tongue just like that. Ballaha 
مدلول ومعنى ومقتضى Rather it has a meaning what it indicates and what it necessitates لا إله إلا الله has a meaning behind it It has what it necessitates behind it It has a meaning and what it indicates تجب معرفتها كلها it is obligatory to know all of that and to learn all of that about La ilaha illallah. وَالْعَمَلْ بِهَا ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا And to act upon that openly and inwardly. وَلَهَا مُنَاقَضَاتٍ وَمُنْقِصَاتٍ And there are things that cause deficiency in your tawheed and can even nullify your tawheed and aqeedah. لَا يَتَّذِحُ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا بِالتَّعَلُّمْ and that will not become clear to you what they are until you study and learn. Until you study and learn this aqeedah, this tawheed, then you will realize what is valid and good and what is not. وَلِهَذَا يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ لِعِلْمِ الْعَقِيدَةِ الصَّادِرَةِ بَيْنَ الْمُقَرَّرَاتِ الدِّرَاسِيَّةِ فِي مُخْتَلِفِ الْمَرَاحِلِ وَأَنْ تُعْطَى مِنَ الْحِصَصِ الْيَوْمِيَّةِ الْعَدَدَ الْكَافِي وَاخْتَارْ لَهَا الْمُدَرِّسُونَ الْأَكْفَاءِ وَأَنْ يَرَكِّزْ عَلَيْهَا فِي النَّجَاحِ وَالرُّسُوبِ خِلَافْ مَا عَلَيْهِ غَالِبْ وَاقِعِ الدَّرَاسَاتِ الْمَنْهَجِيَّةِ الْيَوْمِ Shaykh Al-Fawzan says this topic of aqidah should be given importance in the schools, in the tuition, schools, weekend, wherever it might be, that you give a focus on this aqidah in teaching it and that there are enough sessions and time slots for this aqidah to be taught in the various levels and ages of the students. And that the pass and failure should be connected to this topic of aqidah primarily. That is the subject that should have the weight to it. فَإِنَّ عِلْمَ الْعَقِيدَةِ فِي الْغَالِبِ لَا يُحْضَى بِالْهْتِمَانِ فِي تِلْكَ الْدَرَاسَاتِ Sheikh says though, in many of the studies and curriculums, the knowledge of aqidah is not given a priority. Is not given a priority in many of the places, and that is not the way it should be. There should be priority given to this aqidah, the teaching of it and the learning of it. Remember how we said before, when the revelation began, the Prophet ﷺ was 40 years old. For the decade that followed, the first decade of the prophethood, all of the revelation was purely basically on Tawheed and Shirk, Aqeedah, Paradise, Hell. Then after that came the prayer, Zakat, fasting, Hajj and everything. The first decade was all on Tawheed and Aqeedah. Shows you the importance of it. وَمِنْ هُنَا نعم هذا ويجب اختيار الكتب الصحيحة السليمة التي ألفت على مذهب السلف الصالح وأهل السنة والجماعة المطابقة للكتاب والسنة. He says therefore you need to pick the right books, the right curriculums to teach the children, the elders at the various levels, 
teaching them the aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the aqeedah of the Salaf, the aqeedah which is correct in accordance to the Quran and the Sunnah. ثُمَّ يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ هُنَاكَ اهْتِمَامٌ خَاصٌ بِالْعَقِيدَةِ مِنْ جَانِبِ الْأَفْرَادِ فَيَكُونُ لِلْمُسْلِمِ مُطَالَعَاتٍ فِي كُتُبِ الْعَقِيدَةِ وَالتَّعَرُّفَ عَلَى مَا أُلِّفَ فِيهَا عَلَى مَنْهَجِ السَّلَفِ وَمَا أُلِّفَ عَلَى مَنْهَجِ الْمُخَالِفِينَ لَهُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ الْمُسْلِمُ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ وَحَتَّى يَسْتَطِيعَ رَدَّ الشُّبَهَ الْمُوَجَّهَةَ إِلَى عَقِيدَةِ أَهْلِ السُّنَّةِ also, it is obligatory, it is needed, necessary that a person individually, everybody focuses on learning and reading about Aqeedah. Focuses on looking into the books of Aqeedah, learning the Aqeedah of the Salaf. And also, learning and having an understanding of what the people of innovation said about Aqeedah. So that you know what their deviations are and then you can stay away from those deviations. If you don't know what they are, then how are you going to stay away from them? How can you protect yourself from something if you don't know what to protect yourself from? That's why in the books of Aqeedah, you learn the correct Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah. But you also touch upon some of the false Aqeedah the deviants had. So you understand where they went wrong, why they went wrong. So you can avoid that then. Then the Shaykh says, Ayyuhal Muslim, innaka heenama tata'ammal al-Qur'an al-Kareem, tajid fihi kathiran min al-ayati wa-suwar tahtammu bi-amr al-aqeedah, bal inna al-suwar al-makkiyah takadu takunu mukhtassa bi-bayan al-aqeedah al-islamiyah, he says, when you focus on the Qur'an now, you will find that many of the ayat and the chapters, they give importance to this aqidah. Rather, the majority of the Meccan chapters, all of the surahs that were revealed in Mecca, they are practically specific to this topic of aqidah. They are practically completely focused on explaining Aqeedah and refuting the doubts of the deviants upon Aqeedah. Khudh mafalan Surat Al-Fatiha. He says, take for example Surat Al-Fatiha. Qala al-Imam al-Allamat ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala. Al-Imam ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala. He was the student of Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. He said, I'lam, qal, I'lam anna hadhihi surata, yani surat al-Fatiha, ishtamalat ala ummahat al-matalib al-aliyah, atam ashtimah. He says, no, understand that this surah, al-Fatiha, it incorporates the core objectives, the core goals, the core principles, they are all incorporated within Al-Fatiha. 
and it incorporates them completely all of the core aspects in there it gives you an understanding of whom Allah is by mentioning three of the names of Allah all of the names of Allah, the attributes of Allah, the lofty attributes of Allah, and the perfect names of Allah, they all revolve around and they return back to these core names. Malik, yes, but also missed one at the beginning. Allah, Alhamdulillah, Allah, and also Alhamdulillah, Rabb, Rabbil Alameen, Allah, Warrab, Warrahman. He mentions those three. وَبُنِيَتْ السُّورَةِ عَلَى الْإِلَهِيَّةِ وَالرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَالرَّحْمَةِ And all of this chapter is built upon the uluhiyya of Allah, singling out our worship to Allah, the rububiyyah of Allah, singling out Allah with His actions. Remember the ta'rif of al-rububiyyah, إِفْرَادُ اللَّهِ بِأَفْعَالِهِ هو الخالق المالك الرازق المدبر المحي المميت إفراد الله بأفعاله والألوهية إفراد الله بأفعالنا بأفعال العباد الألوهية So you single out Allah سبحانه وتعالى with his actions الربوبية He is the creator, the provider, the sustainer, the one who gives life and death alone Al-Uluhiyyah, singling out Allah with our actions, our dua, our prayer, everything, our worship, singled out and done sincerely for Allah. So for example, فَإِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ مَبْنِيٌّ عَلَىٰ الْإِلَهِيَّةِ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ إِفْرَادُ اللَّهِ بِأَفْعَالِنَا بِعِبَادَتِنَا we single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our worship. That you alone we seek aid and assistance from. There is uluhiyya in that, but there is also rububiyya in that. Because if Allah is the one you are seeking aid and assistance from, that is because Allah is the one who is capable of answering you. He is the one with rububiyya. He is the one you call upon. That's why they say, Ar-rububiyya tastalzim al-uluhiyya. Allah is the Rabb. He is the Malik. He is the Khaliq. He is al-Muhi, al-Mumit, al-Mudabbir. Therefore, you should only worship him. Ar-rububiyya tastalzim al-uluhiyya. How can you say Allah is the creator, the provider, the one who gives life and death, but you are going to worship something else? Why? 
الربوبية تستلزم الألوهية وطلب الهداية إلى الصراط المستقيم يتعلق بصفة الرحمة Seeking guidance from Allah when you say إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ اهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the straight path That dua is associated to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You are asking Allah by the mercy of Allah to guide you to the straight path والحمد يتضمن الأمور الثلاثة فهو المحمود في إلهيته وربوبيته ورحمته والثناء والحمد كمالان لجده ولجده لجده لجده وتضمنت إثبات المعاد وجزاء العباد بأعمالهم حسنها وسيئها وحسنها وسيئها وتفرد الرب تعالى بالحكم إذ ذاك بين الخلائق وكون حكمه بالعدل وكل هذا تحت قوله مالك يوم الدين وتضمنت إثبات النبوات من جهات عديدة ثم بينها رحمه الله بكلام المطول مفيد So in this section Ibn Al-Qayyim he is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is all connected to his rububiyya, uluhiyya and his mercy in Al-Fatiha When you're asking Allah for guidance that is connected to his mercy asking for guidance by the mercy of Allah that he guides you and then the praiseworthiness of Allah uh, and the, the, the extellation of Allah that you extol Allah and you praise Allah this is from the perfection the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the perfection of his might and majesty the perfection of the, the nobility of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also it includes mentioning of the end result and the end abode meaning the recompense for the servants in terms of what they do, their good actions or their bad actions, whether you end up in hellfire or you end up in paradise. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He alone is the one who makes the judgments. He alone is the one who makes the judgment and the ruling. And that is mentioned in the statement, Maliki Yawmiddin That he, Allah, is the king, the lord, the one in authority of the day of judgment i.e. he is the one who will make the ruling and the accountability and the judgment upon the people on the day of judgment Then after that Ibn Al-Qayyim Naam, Ibn Al-Qayyim he says وغالب صور القرآن متضمنة لنوعي التوحيد The majority of the chapters of the Quran include both types of tawheed 
فَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ إِمَّا خَبَرٌ عَنِ اللَّهِ وَأَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ وَهُوَ التَّوْحِيدُ الْعِلْمِ الْخَبَرِ Because either the Qur'an, it is telling us about the names and the attributes of Allah, and that is known as التوحيد العلمي الخبري The Tawheed of knowledge and information, knowledge of Allah. وَإِمَّا دَعْوَ إِلَى عِبَادَتِهِ وَتَوْحِيدِهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَخَلْعِ مَا يُعْبَدُ مِن دُونِهِ فَهُوَ التَّوْحِيدُ الْإِرَادِ الطَّلَبِ Or it is that you are being told to abandon the worship of the false deities and that is therefore the Tawheed of action. There is action required from you. وَإِمَّا أَمْرٌ وَنَهْيٌ وَإِلْزَامٌ بِطَاعَةِ فَذَلِكَ مِنْ حُقُوقِ التَّوْحِيدِ وَمُكَمِّلَاتِ Or it is talking about the commandments or the prohibitions or sticking to the worship of Allah. So that is all from the rights of Tawheed and the perfection of Tawheed. وَإِمَّا خَبَرٌ عَنْ إِكْرَامِهِ لِأَهْلِ تَوْحِيدِهِ وَمَا فَعَلَ بِهِمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمَا يُكْرِمُهُمْ بِهِ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Or Allah tells us in the Qur'an about the nobility and the honor He gives to the people of Tawheed and the recompense He gives them in this world and the nobility He gives them in the hereafter. And that is the reward of Tawheed. وَإِمَّا خَبَرٌ عَنْ أَهْلِ شِرْكِ وَمَا فَعَلَ بِهِمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا مِنَ النَّكَالِ وَمَا فَعَلَ بِهِمْ فِي الْعُقْبَى مِنَ الْعَذَابِ فَهُوَ جَزَاءُ مَنْ خَرَجَ عَنْ حُكْمِ التَّوْحِيدِ Or Allah tells us about the punishment of those who exited from the fold of Tawheed, those who disobeyed and were not upon Tawheed, and their punishment in this world and in the afterlife. So all of those things are connected to Tawheed. Either it is about Tawheed al-Asma'u wa Sifat and Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, those two are known as the Tawheed al-Ma'rifah, the other one, Tawheed al-Talab wal-Iradah, Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, that you have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes they give you that classification. Normally we say, At-Tawheed yanqasimu ila thalathati aqsam. Three categories. Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, wal-Uluhiyyah, wal-Asma'i wa-Sifat. But there is another way to say it. You can say, yanqasim ila qismin. Tawheed al-Ma'rifah wal-Ithbat and Tawheed al-Talab wal-Iradah. Al-Ma'rifah wal-Ithbat, i.e. Tawheed al-Rububiyyah wal-Asma'i wal-Sifat. Because the matloob al-Ma'rifah, al-Ilm. You have to know about the names and attributes of Allah and you have to know about the Rububiyyah of Allah. That is the Tawheed of knowledge and understanding and affirmation. Then there is the second type of Tawheed in this classification, and that is the Tawheed of action. That is in regards to Al-Uluhiyyah, that you're going to do all of your worship for the sake of Allah alone. So there are some scholars, especially in the olden books, they may classify it like this, and it's exactly the same thing. The Tawheed of knowledge and affirmation, which is Al-Rububiyyah and Al-Asma'u Sifat. And then the Tawheed of action and something being required of you, and that is al-uluhiyya, that you are going to now single out your worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
ومع اهتمام القرآن بشأن العقيدة الإسلامية فإن أكثر الذين يقرؤونه لا يفهمون العقيدة فهما صحيحا Even though the Quran gave so much importance to the correct aqeedah, many people who read the Quran still don't understand and focus upon the correct aqeedah or understand it properly. So they began to become confused and mix everything up in it. Because they just follow what they found their fathers upon. And they don't read the Qur'an with focus. فَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ That brings us to the end of that chapter there. Any questions up to there so far? الطلب والإرادة The second one. طلب that you're being requested to do something. الإرادة that you're, there is a, an intent and a want from you to do something. So they mention that it is التوحيد الإرادي الطلبي that you intend to do something now and you are requested to do something now, something is wanted from you. What is wanted from you? Your worship, your ibadah. Ifradullahi bi'af'alina, bi'ibadatina. Just as Allah says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَافًا They were not commanded to worship Allah except sincerely and purely for Him. Any other questions? Al-Hakimiyyah, you hear this term a lot. Before you get to that question though, it would be easier or better to explain to somebody firstly, did any of the Salaf mention these three categories before moving on to that section? Did any of the Salaf say that Tawheed is in three categories? Al-Rububiyya, Wal-Uluhiyya, Wal-Asma'u-Sifat, Min Al-Qurun Al-Mufadzalah, from the first three generations, is there any scholars who mention these things? So you're saying it was mentioned? That's what I'm saying. Specifically these words, these categories, were they mentioned? No? So the first three generations, خَيْرٌ نَاسَ الْقَرْنُ الَّذِي بُعِثْتُ فِيهِمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ يَعْنِيَ السَّلَفِ You're saying the salaf, they didn't say this? يَنْقَاسِمُ إِلَى ثَلَاثَةِ أَقْسَمْ فَكَيْفَ نَقُولُ بِهَذَا How come you say it if the salaf didn't say it? Salaf did say it. There are examples from the early times where they mention these three categories. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa mentioned these categories. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, he died in what year? 150 Hijri, very early on. He was alive when companions were alive. Even though he didn't meet any of them, but he was alive at the time. Very early. He mentioned these categories in one section. It is mentioned, it is in Al-Fiqh Al-Akbar, the book which is attributed to Al-Imam Abu Hanifa. In one section he says, لَيْسَ مِنْ وَصْفِ الْأُلُوهِيَّةِ أَنْ يُدْعَ اللَّهَ مِنَ الْأَسْفَلِ لَيْسَ مِنْ وَصْفِ الْأُلُوهِيَّةِ He says it is not from the characteristic of the uluhiyyah of Allah that you make dua to Allah downwards. Rather you make dua above. Which word has he just used in that sentence? Al-Uluhiyya. And in another version, even Al-Rububiyya. So these were things known to the early scholars. From Al-Imam Abu Hanifa to others in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th century. From those times, they were there. On top of that, it's not just about that. What if somebody says, okay, but even Al-Imam Abu Hanifa wasn't Sahabi. What about Sahaba? 
What about the Prophet ﷺ himself? Then we say to them that these categories, they are directly derived from the Qur'an. All of this comes to answering the Hakimiyah thing. You explain to somebody these categories were taken directly from the Qur'an. The Qur'an teaches you these three categories. That there is an aspect of Tawheed which is about the actions of Allah. There is an aspect of Tawheed noticeable in the Qur'an which is about the actions of the servants. And there is an aspect of Tawheed noticeable in the Qur'an regarding the names and attributes of Allah. Uddaleel al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Rabb. This indicates Ar-Rububiyyah. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman. Ar-Rahim. Asma'u Sifat. Names and attributes of Allah. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'een. Al-Uluhiyya. So you have Ar-Rububiyyah. You have Al-Asma'u wa Sifat. You have Al-Uluhiyya. Another Dalil. Surah Al-Nas. At the end. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Seek refuge in the Rabb of the people indicates a rububiyya. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ Malik, you can say, من الأسماء وصفات. مَلِكِ النَّاسِ And then, إِلَهِ النَّاسِ And then, in fact, before, إِلَهِ النَّاسِ means what? الْأُلُوهِيَّةِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ أَلِهَ يَأْلَهُ يَعْنِي عَبَدَ يَعْبُدُ المألوه المعبود. So you can see how these categories are there at the beginning of the mushaf, at the end of the mushaf. That's what's there. Beyond that, to start talking about al-hakimiyyah, then this is something which has arisen from the ideologies surrounding the khawarij. Because they need something to catapult their ideas of takfir upon people. So they say none has the right to rulership except Allah. These rulers are now ruling besides what Allah said. Khalas, in that case, kuffar will apply hakamiyyah upon them. But al-hakamiyyah is nothing different. It is within the other categories. Yes, al-hukmu lillah. The ruling and the... the the, uh, uh, the ruling is for Allah. Allah is the one who rules and judges, no doubt, of course. But to specify that as another category, then you will not find any of the Salaf, the scholars of the Ummah in their books specifying Al-Hakimiyah like that. Rather, it is within the subcategories of Al-Rububiyyah. It is there from the Lordship of Allah that He has the command. He has the rulership, of course. But they want to specify that in order to be able to pin that then upon people and make takfir of people. And so that is incorrect. And so they will not find scholars of the ummah historically supporting that. If they find scholars of Ahlul Sunnah claiming Al-Hakimiyyah and it's a category of Tawheed specified individually, you will not find that in the mainstream works of the scholars or in the agreement of the scholars. Yes, you may find some speech and statements about it, yes. But it is not something which is accepted as an individual category to be mentioned. It's within the rububiyyah, within the other aspects already. Ad-da'wa ila al-aqidah al-islamiyyah. 
Da'wah to this correct aqidah. Calling the people to this correct aqidah. يجب على المسلم بعدما يمن الله عليه بمعرفة هذه العقيدة والتمسك بها أن يدع الناس إليها لإخراجهم بها من الظلمات إلى النور. So after Allah subhanahu wa taala blesses you with this understanding of this aqidah, then you need to invite other people and give da'wah to other people about this correct aqidah also. And he mentions in the Quran, Allah is the protector of those who believe he takes them out from darkness into light. But those who have the tawagheet, they have the false deities as their protectors, they will take them out of light into darkness. They are the inhabitants of the fire and they will remain therein forever. وَالدَّعْوَةَ إِلَى الْعَقِيدَةَ الصَّحِيحَةَ وَالْإِسْلَامِيَّةَ هِيَ فَاتِحَةَ دَعْوَةِ الرُّسُلِ جَمِيعًا Calling to aqeedah and the correct tawheed, that is the opening of the da'wah of all of the prophets and messengers. That is the core of the da'wah of all of the prophets and messengers. فَلَمْ يَكُونُوا يَبْدَأُونَ بِشَيْءٍ قَبْلَهَا they never used to begin with anything else before this aqeedah in their da'wah. Qala ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ أَنِعْمُذُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُودِ Allah said, we sent to every nation a messenger preaching, worship your Lord alone and abstain and stay away from the false deities. وَكُلُّ رَسُولٍ يَقُولُ لِقَوْمِهِ أَوَّلَ مَيَدْعُوهُمْ And every messenger used to say to his people at the beginning of the da'wah, Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. You do not have any other deity besides Allah. Just like Nuh and Hud and Salih and Shu'ib and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa and Muhammad, all of them they called to this Tawheed alayhim salatu wasalam. فَيَجِبُ عَلَى مَنْ عَرَفَ هَذِي الْعَقِيدَةِ وَعَمِلَ بِهَا أَنْ لَا يَقْتَصِرَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ So the person who understands this aqeedah has learnt it, understands the basics, then don't just leave it to yourself. Give da'wah to the ones that you see committing shirk and going around graves, etc. وَإِنَّ الدَّعْوَ إِلَى هَذِي الْعَقِيدَةِ هُوَ الْأَسَاسُ وَالْمَنْطَلِقِ Giving da'wah to this aqeedah, that is the basis, that is where you begin from in the da'wah. فَلَا يُدْعَى إِلَى شَيْءٍ قَبْلَهَا مِنْ فِعْلِ الْوَاجِبَاتِ وَتَرْكِ الْمُحَرَّمَاتِ حَتَّى تَقُومَ هَذِي الْعَقِيدَةِ وَتَتَحَقَّقِ So when you give da'wah, you don't start with other things about prohibitions and commandments. You start with rectifying this aqeedah amongst the people first. لِأَنَّهَا هِيَ الْأَسَاسُ الْمُصَحِّحِ لِجَمِيلِ الْعَمَالِ It is the one thing that is going to correct all of your actions. وَمِنَ الْمَعْلُومِ بداهتن أن أي بناء لا يقوم ولا يستقيم إلا بعد إقامة أساس. And it is something known that no building can stand firm except with a firm foundation first. ولهذا كان الرسول يهتمون بها قبل كل شيء. And that is why the messengers used to focus on this before everything else. وَكَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عِنْدَمَا يُبْعَثُ الدُّعَاتِ أو يبعث الدُّعَاتِ يُوصِيهِمْ بِالْبِدَاءَةِ بِالدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى تَصْحِيحِ الْعَقِيدَةِ 
And that's why when the Prophet ﷺ used to send his companions to go and give da'wah in different places, he used to tell them to begin with aqidah. فعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لما بعث معاذا إلى اليمن قال له إنك تأتي قوما من أهل الكتاب فليكن أول ما تدعهم إليه شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وفي رواية إلى أن يوحد الله that when the Prophet sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen he said to him you are gonna come to a people of the book so make sure the first thing you begin with in the da'wah is to la ilaha illallah. وَقَدْ مَكَثَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي مَكَّةَ ثَلَاثَ عَشْرَةَ سَنَةَ بَعْدَ الْمِعْثَةِ يَدْعُ النَّاسَ إِلَى تَصْحِيحِ الْعَقِيدَةِ And the Prophet remained in Mecca for 13 years after prophethood calling the people to the rectification of aqeedah, to the correction of their aqeedah بِعِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ وَحْدَى وَتَرْكِ عِبَادَةِ الْأَصْنَامِ by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and abandoning the worship of the idols. All of that tawheed and aqeedah before telling them about prayer and zakat and fasting and hajj and jihad even and leaving the haram from the interest and the fornication and the alcohol and the gambling. Before any of that, it was the call to Tawheed first. وهذا ما يدلنا دلالة واضحة على خطأ بعض الجماعات المعاصرة التي تنتمي للدعوة وهي لا تهتم بالعقيدة وإنما تركز على أمور جانبية أخلاقية وسلوكية. Many people now when they're giving da'wah, they don't focus on this aqidah. Instead they say that da'wah is be good to your neighbor, be good to your parents, be good to this, be good to that, which is excellent. It is excellent. But is it the asas? It is not. Be good to your neighbor, excellent. But if you are committing shirk, then what does it benefit you to be good to your neighbor? Your actions will not be accepted anyway. It is the asas that you have to build on. That is why <coughs> Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab said, In Al-Qawaid Al-Arba' That al-ibadah la tusamma ibadah illa So the Arabic? There is a section there in al-qawaid al-arba' where he mentions that worship your ibadah, it cannot be known as ibadah, it is not ibadah unless it is done upon tawheed. Just like your salah, it is not known as salah unless it is done upon wudu. If your wudu breaks, your salah gone. If your tawheed breaks, your ibadah gone. So it has to be built upon that aqidah, upon that tawheed. That's why Buni al-Islam ala khams, the first one, shahadati an la ilaha illallah. So if a person prays, yusalli wa yusuf, yusakki wa yuhuj, fasts and prays and does everything, but doesn't believe in la ilaha illallah. All his life he prays and fasts and gives zakat. 
but he doesn't believe in la ilaha illallah. Will it benefit him on Yom Al-Qiyamah? Nothing. Because your actions, your ibadah, it's ghair maqbulah, will not be accepted unless it is upon tawheed, la ilaha illallah. So that is why it's important to call to that da'wah. Uh, and that is the introduction. And next time we'll begin the next chapter, Usul Al-Aqidah Al-Islamiyah. Usul, the first one, Al-Imanu Billahi Azza wa That's what we'll begin with next time. But next lesson is not next week. Next week is the conference, the Mu'tamar in Birmingham, where all of the, the du'at are going to come and Sheikh Sal, uh, Salim Bamihriz will also be attending from Yemen. So there's going to be some scholars there too. There's going to be students there too. That's in Birmingham next weekend. Then the week after that is where we'll come back in two weeks time. Inshallah ta'ala with this next chapter. So we'll have to round off on that for tonight.